0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Do you believe that God wants you to be free? Maybe you think the life of a Christian has so many rules that you aren't free to make your own choices. Today, Pastor Jim says that couldn't be further from the truth. God made you for a purpose, and He wants you to fulfill that purpose but He desires you to be free from the things that tie you down in this world. There are so many temptations that seem like freedom on the surface, but then you discover they're holding you back. God's purpose will free you from that life. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Luke chapter one as he continues his message, a present from heaven, freedom.
1: Freedom's not doing whatever you wanna do It's being released from the captivity of the things that have you in shackles, of the things that you cannot give up, of the things you're trying so hard to kick the habit of or you don't want to do anymore. That's true freedom. Freedom is being released from the things that enslave you. Just think if there was something that you just wish you could say no to, but you can't. But now, through Jesus Christ helping you, you are experiencing freedom. Why? So you can worship and serve the Lord without fear. Now, you may not want to hear this, but if you're just going around consciously sinning and not caring about it, you may really want to ask yourself, are you truly a Christian? Because you should, that should really weigh on you heavily. Now, sometimes people come into my office and they're like, "Um, hey, listen, ain't no Bible, ain't no pastor, ain't no, anybody gonna tell me what to do. Do you think I'm a Christian? I go, absolutely not. I don't see an ounce of faith in you, my friend. Other people, you gotta pour them into the seat. They're in tears, against God, this. You think I'm a Christian? I go, I think you are. Why? Because you care. Because you care. You're afraid what God thinks about the way you live your life increasingly, I think in the church in America, I think that people think that freedom in Christ is following our own desires. Now, I'm going to say something that's, some of you are going to be like, that's insulting, that question you just asked. Um, Have you noticed that some of your desires are not good for you? Have any of you noticed that? (laughs) I mean, some of the things you want to do are not good for you. And if you can't say no, you're enslaved and you're not free. Zechariah says, we want to be free. We want to worship God. We want to serve God. And this Messiah, this Jesus, he is going to bring freedom to us. He doesn't know it, but we know it But because he, he brings the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives. Let me give you an example. Some of you look like you're already converts on this. Some of you are like, well, I'm not so sure how this works. All right, let me just give you a really silly example. You're an astronaut. Any astronauts in the crowd? Okay, some of you are out there, but any astronauts in the crowd? <laughs> All right, so you're an astronaut and you, uh, by the way, you've got to be really smart to be an astronaut. Anyway, you get up there and you're up on the moon, and they go, "This is Houston calling." You're like, "But we took off in Florida. How did you?" Okay, it doesn't matter. Put on your spacesuit, and you go, "I really don't want to. I really want to experience the moon for all it is. And I feel like a spacesuit will slow me down." I'll be walking like this, and all I'll do is hear my breathing, and I don't want that to happen. They go, Put on your spacesuit, or we're gonna lock you in. We can do that from up here. So you go, Okay, I'll put on my spacesuit. So you put on your spacesuit and you get out, and you're like, This is lame. I feel so captured in this suit. So guess what you decide to do? No. Yeah, you do. No. Yeah, you do. You say, I'm going to take it off. So you take it off. Are you free? No, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. Any of you ever have a goldfish bowl? And then you come home and the goldfish is on the counter? It <laughs> jumped out of the bowl. I just want to be free. <laughs> just looking out at the people, like, look at these people. They're eating all this great food and they're just dumping the sand on the top of my bowl here. I want to get out. I want to be free. You're not free. You're what? You're dead. So some of the things that we think are going to make us free, really, they couldn't be any worse for us than they are. So what does he want to do? He wants to be free. See, true freedom is being the person that God made you to be. That's what true freedom is. Being the person that God made you to be. Being the person that does what God has created you to do. And you know what? That doesn't mean you work in a church. It could be anywhere. You do what God has created you to do, and you do it for the glory of God. You see, you do it because it's what he says, not you. Because it's the way he made you. It's the way he's gifted you. You could have a dream to do. People say, oh, just follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Well, I wanted to be in the National Football League. Guess what? Didn't make it. But there's other things that I'm better at. So follow those things, the things that God has gifted me at. And the same is true for you. And Zechariah is like, we want to be all God has made us to be. And we want to worship him and serve him. How often? All the days of our life. That's when we go to work when we go to school, when we do whatever we do, we get the mail, whatever it is. We just want to worship God in everything that we do. And that, my friends, is true freedom. That is true freedom to live your life without a guilty conscience all the time. Sometimes you meet people and they go, oh, I don't have a guilty conscience. I'm like, you're really in trouble, man. You are really in trouble. We want to do all that God has for us. And that's the true freedom that Christmas offers. Okay, fine, Pastor Jim. Number two, how do I get this freedom? How do I get this freedom? Look at verse 76. Zacharias now turns to the baby that he's got there that he brought to the temple. And he says, and you, child, will be called prophet of the highest. Some verses say prophet of the most high for you will be, go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And that's what John the Baptist did. He went out before Jesus and proclaimed that Jesus was coming. Verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation. There's your second mention of salvation. Remember I told you, you need these words again. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission or the forgiveness of their sins. Now, if you don't know the story of John the Baptist, I'll just tell it to you really quickly. He lived out in the wilderness. He lived out in the desert. He dressed like a caveman. He wore goat's hair and he ate bugs. Some of you ladies are like, hmm, what a catch. <laughs> but he was free. He was free. You read the way that guy talked? He did not care what people thought about him. The audience for that guy was one. He cared what God thought. He didn't care what anybody thought. He was free. He was doing what he's created to do. And he was super famous. Super famous. And the religious leaders, they kind of were like... They were like, kind of, couldn't figure him out, and thousands of people are coming out to see him, and he's, they're lining up in the, and to be baptized in the river by him, and the religious leaders walk up to him and they go, oh, oh, this is moment to steal the show from Jesus. Are you the coming one? No. Got any more? No. (laughs) I'm not. Get in the line. Earlier in the chapter in verses 14 through 17, the angel Gabriel told Zechariah what John would do. Now, John, as he's talking, he remembers what he was told. And guess what? He believes now that his wife was going to have a baby. And John the Baptist's message was to call the people to repent of their sins. What does that mean, to repent of our sins? It means to, to turn away from them, to say to God, listen, God, you're this way and I'm walking that way. But I'm going to turn around. Repent means to turn. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to walk towards you. Why? Why was John telling people to repent? Because the king was coming. King Jesus was coming, and he was bringing the forgiveness of sins and his salvation. So what is he doing? He is preparing the way of the Lord, as was prophesied about him in the Old Testament. Now, he's telling people to repent and turn to God. Stop your sinning because it's not God's way. More importantly, turn to God and live God's way. Now, I want you to know, this is not just some guilt trip. Yes, sometimes you feel guilty when you're teaching the Bible. People feel guilty when you're teaching the Bible. Sometimes the preacher feels guilty when he's teaching the Bible. But I hate guilt preaching. It's so cheap because it's so easy. I'll just tell you all the things you do wrong. You do that wrong, you do that wrong, you do that wrong. Ushers come forward. They need to get more money. That'll be better. Right, right? That's just cheap. It requires no thought, no study, no prayer, no Holy Spirit. It just requires knowing how to manipulate people. So this is not some guilt trip. Now, I know it works with the dude in the red suit. Like, you know, you want coal for Christmas? <laughs> right? You know, he's sees you, he knows who's naughty, who's nice, right? That is not, that is not the way this works. This is a message of hope. This is a message of a gift from the Lord. Notice here, the the word Lord refers to Jesus. He talking about Jesus. Your son is going to pave the way for Jesus and The knowledge of salvation. The first words basically out of Jesus' mouth was, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Repent, turn to God. The good news what? I have come. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here now. Why? Because I have come, Jesus is saying. And I will die, pay the price for your sins. Jesus is saying, I will forgive your sins Not just forgive you though, as in what we're talking about here, I will forgive you and I will set you free. You won't need that bottle anymore. You won't need those drugs anymore. You won't need that pornography anymore. You won't need whatever that thing is that you can't kick. Jesus says, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help make you free. You say, how does he do that? Because he loves you so much. And when you look at that cross and your affections are drawn to him, you realize that you love him more than all that other stuff. And you say, you know what? I don't need that stuff anymore. I don't want that stuff anymore because I want to be all that God has for me to be. And I don't want anything less. Now I said to you, John the Baptist didn't really care what people thought. Some of you are like, well, I don't know much about this guy. Well, John the Baptist had a very serious message. I'll just give you one snippet of it. Luke 3, 7, John preaching. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized to him, brood of vipers. You know what a viper is? It's a snake. Brood of vipers. You're a bunch of snakes. It's nice, right? How'd you like that if I got up and go, you know, you're all a bunch of snakes. And if you're a bunch of snakes, that means your mother's a snake and your father's a snake. Do you think that got their attention? Yeah, especially the religious people. Excuse me? We're we're religious people. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Merry Christmas. (laughs) Wow, talk about a guy not in the Christmas spirit, man. Come on. But the message of John the Baptist and Jesus is... You obtain freedom through repentance. You turn from what you're doing to God and put your trust in Jesus. And some things go quickly. Some things take a while. But that will change your life here. But immediately, if you trust Jesus, it changes your eternal destiny. You say, well, how can that be? Look at verse 78. Through, or though the idea is because of, the tender mercy of our God. Circle mercy again. I told you, you need that word again. See, God does this, and this is an amazing thing. Mercy is you don't get what you deserve from God. And God sent Jesus because the motivation for sending Jesus was what? His mercy. You know, when you're mad at somebody, you're like, oh, they get their, let's do them. God's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to give people what they deserve. I'm motivated by mercy. Through the tender mercy of our God, which the day spring, some versions say the sunrise or the dawn from on high has visited us. Now, some versions say will visit us. That's probably better. I mean, at this point in time, John is just, you know, a baby and Jesus is still presumably in his mother's womb. So what is he saying? The sun, S-O-N, will rise when the Messiah is born. So the prophecy sees the Messiah coming. So why is he coming? Verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Now this is, the shadow of death is upon every one of us. Every one of us. You know, I always say to young people when they get married and they get a kid, I'm like, you should buy some life insurance. I usually say that to, if, if you know, they're both working or ever the breadwinner, you buy some life insurance. They're like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I should get some life insurance in case I die. No, you're going to die. You are. We don't know when, but you're going to die. Now, if you buy term life insurance, it's like the it's like the greatest thing of all. At the end of the year... They get your money and you're still alive. Everybody wins. <laughs> now, maybe your wife doesn't think you won, but, uh, but that's the way it works. So he's gonna give light to those who sit in, the, in darkness in the shadow of death. And that is, the shadow of death is on all of us until we turn to God and put our trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the coming of the Christmas child, he says, is as light coming into the darkness. And what this light does, according to what he has here, is that light of Jesus is revealing to the world a new depth of God's mercy. There'll always be enemies in this world, always be enemies. But he's talking about eternally, that we can count on God's mercy. Literally, what it says here is that God's mercy comes from his bowels. Like it's deep inside of him. And he just, he just can't wait to share it with people. It comes from the deepest part of his heart and it comes from the rising of his Son. In other words, the mercy of God will be seen in a person who will visit us here on earth, God will become a man. We read this 700 years earlier, Isaiah 9:2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Remember, that was the wrong side of the tracks, people. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them, light has shined. Now you might say, you might be sitting here right now, watching online. You're like, well, why did God do this? I'm a good person. Well, you know what the Lord says? You know what he's telling us? You see, the problem is, I know you say that you're a good person, but the problem is, is that you live in the dark and you don't see it. You don't see how far you are from God's perfection. But Jesus will bring the light, and when He brings the light, what does a little bit of light do? Lights up a whole room. But Jesus is going to be like the sunrise. The whole all of a sudden, the whole world will be bright. He will expose the darkness. Why? It says it right here at the end of the verse. To guide our feet into the way of peace. He didn't say that Jesus was going to show us the path that leads to peace. He says he's going to take us to the peaceful path itself. The peace of walking in freedom. The peace is the child. The peace is Jesus. Centuries earlier, King David said this, Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions, similar to sins to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then there is this word, Selah. The Psalms were really kind of songbooks. And Selah would be, there would be a pause. Almost to say, think hard about what he just said. He said, God, I I no longer was trying to hide my sin from you. I came to see you and I said, look, here it is. It's ugly. It's against you. And when I told you what it was, when I told you I was sorry, what does he say? You forgave me. It's like, that was it. He was like, you don't need to talk about a lot of other stuff. He said, you forgave me. And so what is he talking about? The joy and freedom of the forgiveness of sins. And I don't think that we understand how pleasurable this is to God. A lot of us go around reciting what I always call the second most popular verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. You say, second? No, it's the most popular. No, the, the first popular is Matthew 7, 1. Judge not lest you be judged, because all well, the unbelievers know that verse. <laughs> John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave him to us. To why? To die on a cross that whoever believes or trusts in him should not perish but have everlasting life. After Jesus ascended into heaven, Acts 5:31, Peter and some of the apostles said this, Him, Jesus, God has exalted. To his right hand to be the prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel or the people of God and forgiveness of sins. In our world, especially if you follow sports, redemption means you make some mistake and then you do something or perform better that makes it right. They're like, oh, he redeemed himself. You know, he struck out the first three times he was up and then he, you know, it went out of the park and the team won and he redeemed himself. But in God's eyes, redemption was brought to the world Christmas morning. But redemption has to be received. And it is received through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Zechariah is a temple priest, and he teaches us something very, very important here. Please, we're almost done, but do not miss this. He teaches us that sacraments, he's a temple priest, sacraments... And sacrifices will not save us from our sins. God had to send a savior. Nor will baptism by his own son save you from your sins. You have to come to know this Messiah, Jesus. But Jesus will pull people out of darkness into the light. And this is one of the greatest things he does if you're not a follower of Jesus. Jesus takes his enemies and he makes them his friends. Jesus takes people who once hated him and he makes them family. I admire this old Zechariah, a godly man who still wants to grow. You know, we never master the Christian life. It's never going to happen. He wants to keep growing in grace. Why? Why? this man is free. This man is free. Serving the Lord, even while he was waiting all this time for the Lord's promises to come to pass. See, this guy's going to walk with God. This is the kind of guy that won't miss Christmas. He won't lose Christmas. He won't get lost in the trivia and all the dumb little arguments that he'll never be. He would have made a terrible internet troll. He won't get lost in materialism. He holds on to Jesus. Christmas is for the land of the free because of the work on the cross of the brave, Jesus Christ. And because God did not hold back his own son from us. And that son offers true freedom. And that is being free indeed. So today, heaven invites all of you to turn to God and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And Jesus in all eternity will be yours for now and forever.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com there you can listen to archived broadcasts we promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy to follow verse by verse teachings of the Bible also know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you through this holiday season and messages just like this one may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ he can give you peace that passes all understanding even during this busy time Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.